White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, if you want to follow me there. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox on our Instagram, on our Twitter, and on our YouTube. Go there and subscribe, maybe even hit the notifications bell. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave a voice message for us, and we're going to need those for Friday's show. 312-566-8727 is off day tomorrow. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com to send us a email. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, I know it's been a tough night for White Sox Nation. How are you doing, though? It it is. It's a weird night. It's episode 281 of Locked On White Sox, and we are brought to you by our friends at Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast. They cover every future star of baseball, and host Aram Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. A quick uh, capper on what you said there about the mailbag episode. Yeah, we're going to preview the Brewer series and uh, the, why did I say it like that? The Brewer series. And we're also uh, going to sift through the mailbag and we're going to try to combine the two things. It's going to be a, a, a Jim Dandy of a series as far as the pitching matchups go. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But I want to compile a, a list of places to go, whether it be, you know, Drinking establishments, restaurants in the Milwaukee area. For any Sox fans that are making the trip up there to Milwaukee this weekend, maybe it's your first time. I can't recall the last time the Sox were there. I remember I was there, Gordon. I was there, Gordon Beckham's rookie year. I remember going up there. It was the last time during the regular season that I went up there for an exhibition game. I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago or so. But, um, you know, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm going to be heading up there Saturday. There's going to be a big tailgate. We'll have details about that tomorrow. I, our guys at the uh, Sox Machine and from, from the 108. And you'll be up there as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. But we're going to try to compile the best list of things to do in Milwaukee for any Sox fans that may be staying uh, overnight. I know you're doing that thing and or people who are just coming up for the day. So we're going to try to uh, crowdsource this thing as best we can because I am not as uh, experienced with – Uh, going up to Milwaukee as I am with some of the other parks around the league because usually it's close enough for Herb and I we live in Chicago where you know you just take a quick drive up there and drive back it's almost even easier and more convenient to get up there than it is to at Sox Park at sometimes depending on traffic so uh, I would like to know some uh, suggestions of places and things to do up there if you guys have any send them into lockedonsox at gmail.com that's lockedonsox at gmail.com and any other Sox questions and I feel like you'll have a few after you listen to today's episode and as the the news here uh, sort of reveals itself over the next 24 hours or so uh, but you know we begin quickly here. Uh, not a great night for the White Sox last night. They lost seven to two to the Minnesota Twins, and it's just a frustrating game. You know, not a great night for the offense or Dylan Cease. Uh, we'll start with Dylan Cease. Five innings pitch, seven hits, three runs. They were all earned. Two walks, five strikeouts. Gave up the bomb. 
uh, earlier on in that one. And, you know, just not a great effort from him. But considering he was pretty awful early on and could not locate anything pretty much, and he was able to salvage it, I guess you could say. But the game kind of got out of hand at that point. Uh, the offense didn't do, do its job tonight. Uh, you, you have eight runners left on base. They were two for eight with runners in scoring position, grounded into four double plays. And just not a good night overall for the Sox, but these things tend to happen. There's nothing I can take from this game, Herb, uh, that'll make me concerned going forward. You could argue Cody Hoyer uh, not looking good once again in this one. Could be something uh, alarming, but uh, overall, what, any takeaways from this game for you other than this is sort of what the Twins kind of were supposed to look like offensively, and uh, they, they showed up last night? Well, Zach Collins, to me, first inning set the tone. Lazy, very lazy. He tried to backhand a ball that was outside, rightfully so. You should give blame to Dylan Cease. He threw a ball that was low, and it was called a wild pitch. But your catcher's got to help your pitcher out to start the game off, especially a young pitcher like Dylan Cease. He lazily put his glove like midway through and tried to catch the short hop instead of getting in front of the ball firstly or putting the glove all the way to the ground and making sure that if anything that ball doesn't go anywhere but into his glove and then right after that i think in that same at bat versus josh donaldson there was a throw or pitch by dylan cease that was a strike and zach collins just botched it it wasn't a cross-up he botched it and it was to the backstop it was strike three the inning was over luckily there was uh, nothing happened after that to make it really hurtful. I think uh, Donaldson popped up on uh, subsequent pitches, but you can't start the game like that. You can't end the game like that. We need a catcher who can catch. We saw this from Yasmani Grandal a couple of times. He boxing the balls. You have to set the tone for your pitcher that, hey, whatever you throw out here, whether it be a nasty knuckle curve, a fastball, change up slider, any of that stuff. Don't worry about it. I got these. And maybe that's in the pitcher's head. Hey, if I throw this filthy slider with the guy on, maybe the catcher can't catch the ball or not going to get in front of it. Because that first effort, I don't know if you guys saw it out there, was piss poor. You can't have that as a major league guy. And maybe you're not a great catcher, but effort should be on 100 all the time. And so he set the tone today for the type of game he was going to have, and it was piss poor. I didn't like it. Maybe going forward, we get a different catcher, and Yasmani seems like he's already doing some baseball activities on the field. But we're going to have to go with Zevi Zavala and Zach Collins for a decent amount of time here. They got to give us 100% effort when they're out there. It might not be good on the, the hitting side, but when they catch, make sure the pitchers know that, hey, throw a pitch under here. I'll catch it. If I call it, I'll catch it. Yeah, Dylan did not get a lot of help uh, tonight. He didn't help himself. He didn't get help from Zach Collins, as you mentioned. It, you know, bad technique is one thing, but bad effort is, is even worse. I don't know which one you'd, you'd be more inclined to try and coach up. Uh, you, you're pretty much down a dead-end street there when you have both of those things converging as one. And also, didn't get a lot of help 
from home plate umpire Chris Guccione on a couple of those uh, instances early on in that ball game that maybe changed the 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 trajectory of some of those at bats there and maybe Dylan could go a little bit deep, deeper but you know again a lot of it's it's framing also you know umpire fooling as Dan Bernstein calls it but I'm not a, I'm not a fan I don't know what you do here Jonathan Lucroy was DFA'd uh, by the Braves uh, four days ago and maybe that's an, an option be, you know I don't know what the bat in terms of his bat versus Sebi's bat at this point, Sebi's non-factor with the bat mm-hmm. and so far, and you you need someone up there who can maybe at least get on base at a decent clip, and I think Lucroy could do that uh, at least better. And we know he knows how to handle the staff. The guys seem to enjoy throwing to him. You know, you remember he said in, in spring training he called it the the Lamborghini staff. He certainly enjoyed catching these guys. So I wonder if that's an avenue that they will pursue. Uh, but yeah, when you when you're not giving a great effort out there and you know trying to backhand balls like that I, I don't understand it um you know it's just, it's it's not encouraging and I do hope the Sox do something to to solidify that spot because we don't know when Grandal is going to be back and I would not want Grandal to rush back because of the, of the poor play at the catcher spot I, that's the last thing I would want especially when you're talking about a guy a catcher with a knee injury there so uh, hopefully that'll be one of the things that Rickon doesn't need to really make any deals for for that just bring back Jonathan Lucroy and uh, and just leave it at that um Moving on here from from this game, unless there's anything else from that game you wanted to take away, I know it's it's convenient that you know we could we could sit here and hammer Dylan C's for not bringing it tonight, you know, in a, in a spot where you could take three or four from your division rivals, but you know it's uh, there, it is a big news night here, and there's some rumors uh, considering uh, the Sox and Twins as far as the trade deadline goes, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the big story I think coming out of the organization, and you, people may question this i have a feeling i can see into that future real quick Mm -hmm. while we get to this game here uh the guy who ran on the field in the ninth inning uh as we're all just sitting there and it must have taken them a long time for them to procure this person because it it, that's the last thing you want when you're trying to record a post-game recap it's the last thing anyone in the ballpark wants is to be around that park park later than they already were that the Sox were already getting pounded and all of a sudden you have some jackass running out on the field just uh yeah I I that's the last thing I needed tonight uh end of rant uh, but coming up next your mean Mercedes is stepping away from baseball we'll talk about it next here on locked on white Sox. this episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you in part by fully loaded chew fully loaded chew is tobacco free long cut and pouches that give you the same pack dip spit and buzz you're used to without tobacco available in nine flavors fully loaded chew is made with all food grade ingredients and tobacco free nicotine the purest form of nicotine available but don't just take my word for it Listen to Brad Fuller from the National Pro Fishing League tell you more. I've been a dipper of chewing tobacco for over 20 years. I have quit, started, and quit and started. And now I've found a product where I don't have to quit. Let me introduce you to Fully Loaded. This product is food grade quality, but it's not tobacco. That means the nicotine that's in this is not from tobacco. It's actually called TFN, it's tobacco free nicotine. So you still get nicotine, but it's not from tobacco. Guys, I've tried a lot of these brands and things like this before. This is as close and as real to real tobacco as you're gonna get. You get all the benefits of it, and what I like about it, they have great flavors, they have pouches, they have straight, they have long cut, and it actually dips like real dip. It comes in fully loaded, 
half-loaded, and then the nicotine-free. So you, you can walk yourself back and walk away from the nicotine. I love it. You're going to love it. And now Fully Loaded Chew is offering a Locked On team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try it just for $1. That's right, folks, just 1 buck. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's right, just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at fullyloadedchew.com. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, with all the ever-increasing makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your car an LX or an EX? Well, I don't know. Let me go out and look. And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Look, the reality is when you go to rockauto.com and find your auto parts there, you're going to save time and money when you use our friends at Rock Auto. So why choose to pay 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or God forbid your dealership? For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain store, but only $216 at rockauto.com. See what I'm talking about? And they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for every single customer. And they've got Everything too, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I know I'm hitting the road soon going up north. I'm going to check and make sure my car has everything it needs, and I'm going to do that by going to rockauto.com. Check them out, won't you? Explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Big news coming out of Triple uh, A Charlotte, um, and we'll talk about Luis Robert and his uh, rehab spot in uh, Winston Salem. But uh, the big news coming out of Charlotte, and people may ask, why are we even going to talk about this? This guy's not on the major league team anymore. But I will preface all of it with by saying, your mean Mercedes was a huge part of this team's early success. And mm-hmm. when you talk about what happened with the Eloy Jimenez injury and how deflating that was. To start the season, and then here comes your mean as a spark plug for the team in the first month, the player of the month in April for the American League, and you're not where you are, I don't think, without your mean Mercedes's contributions in the first month of the season. That's that's just a fact. So he's if the Sox win a World Series this year, he's going to get a ring, and it's not going to be one of those. Hey, I was here for a cup of coffee. No, it's he's going to be a member of a championship team that earned uh, every every diamond on that ring if he gets one. So I I, I just preface with that because I know there's going to be some people saying who cares because out of sight out of mind for some people you know but uh, we've been this this has been a story all year with your mean and I feel like we've done so many shows talking about the dynamic between your mean and Tony and and how it reflects on the clubhouse and management but your mean Mercedes uh, apparently is I'll just call it stepping away from baseball he had an Instagram post last night he, he played in the game at Charlotte he went 0 for 2 and then he was pulled in the sixth inning Statement on Instagram reads as follows at YMercedes73 on Instagram. First of all, I want to thank God for giving me life to the fans that without them I was nothing, to my family for understanding me and always supporting Daniel Sue, who is your means agent, for getting me ahead. And by the way, ask forgiveness to all those who offended fruit of my immaturity, to the members of the radio, television, and press. To all the teams I participated by not tolerating the decisions of them. To everyone who was a human being. 
I failed. I apologize. And thus, I walked away from baseball for a while. God bless you. Praying hands emoji. It's over. It's over, Johnny. Uh, Your mean Mercedes is stepping away from baseball. This is really just shocking, odd news. And and I, I feel like there's definitely more to this story, and I don't want to simplify it or try to speculate here, but your reaction when when you saw the news that Jermaine Mercedes was uh, stepping away after his hot start to the season and after being sent down and then succeeding once once he got sent down. His numbers here, uh, he was hitting over 300. Uh, he had a few bombs since he was sent down uh, a while back, about two months ago. So what was your reaction when you saw the Jermaine Mercedes news in the middle of the game here? Very sad. He is just um, going through some things. Uh, I think mentally going through some things with himself, you know, probably questioning guy who went through 10 years of minor leagues. And so maybe questioned himself, am I good enough? Even though, yeah, the numbers look good down there in AAA. And I don't know. I just feel sad for the person. I want the person. And if you're stepping away from something you've done all your life while having success, in you know in that league that you're currently in there's got to be something going on with you inside i don't know what it is but whatever he needs to do as the person you're mean mercedes and if that means you're mean mercedes we won't see him on a baseball field or talk to him or talk about him on this good as long as you're mean is good at his house with his wife with his family or surrounded by people who love him get right you know mentally we all need to have a time where we need to step away from the stresses of life. And maybe baseball right now is not bringing him joy. So go away, do your thing, make sure that you are good. And if you're never going to be good with baseball, that's perfectly fine. You're me, Mercedes, the person needs to be fine. And whatever that is and whatever he thinks that is, get there. And that's all I care about. Yeah, his story is just reflective on the insane nature uh, and the absurd nature of baseball. When you when you talk about the the way he bursted on the scene with his historic eight for eight first uh, plate appearances, and then you know the the homecoming. I, I always remember that the the home opener where he hits that bomb, uh, and you know just it was like it was like a, a welcoming party for for him. It was a coming out party for him as a player, a guy who had toiled in the minor leagues for a decade and finally you thought maybe th- this guy's going to have some success and and sometimes when something really bad happens like the Eloy Jimenez injury good things can come out of that and I thought maybe hey maybe this is one of those silver linings this year that we never would have gotten a chance to witness because without Eloy getting hurt maybe Jermaine doesn't have a spot on this team and this the success early on as, as I mentioned with this team is directly correlated to his hot start and his offensive production and you know it, it it was very much a, an ah, maybe this team will be okay as he emerged and as they managed to score just enough runs. And the starting pitching, of course, is a huge part of why they were successful all along. But early on there, people were wondering where the power production was going to come from. How would they score runs without one of their big run producers in the lineup? And Yermin was right there to, to solve, uh, the, you know, answer those questions early on. But uh, you certainly hope that he finds peace. I, I, you know, I don't think that he should step away from the game. I think he's got some talent there. When he was right, uh, we really saw a guy that whose approach that we loved. Obviously, the the bat plays, you know, um, 
but it's just the highs and lows of this game are just so tough to deal with because he was at the highest of highs and then his his slump it was at 0 for 28 or whatever it was before he got that walk off in the in the Tiger series and then you thought maybe that would be a, a restart for him and then he just spiraled from there and it never really got better for him but you, you hope him as the person is okay as you said and we, we we root for people and it's hard not to to root for him considering you know all the adversity that he had been through in the minor leagues and a lot of it self-imposed from things that you've heard from people in other organizations and Buck Walter was one of his critics even as uh, he rose up through the White Sox system but you know obviously this is a guy who knows he made some mistakes um, as he says in his statement there you know it talks about the decisions he made and the people who were who, who suffered, you know, by those decisions, whatever those, uh, you know, actions were, we don't know. Um, maybe those things will be revealed in time. But it, it's it's really unfortunate uh, when a young person gives up on their dreams. That That's kind of where I see this thing. But the, the season, this is him and his story is so much a part of this year. And you, you can't help, um, you know, but go back to that night in Minnesota, the 3-0 home run, and the fallout from after that, and I think it's a testament to how much these guys uh, appreciated your mean in the clubhouse because, yes, we made a, a lot about unwritten rules of baseball and Tony La Russa coming out and, and chastising him, calling him clueless. I'll never forget that. Uh, he's clueless, but now he's got a clue. And basically inviting the Twins to throw at uh, one of his uh, star players at the time. And that, that to me, uh, is, is inexcusable. And I thought that was going to break this team. But then next night, Lance Lynn came out, and he was one of the first guys to come out and say, you know what, if you've got a problem with that, then don't throw a position player out there. And then Lucas Giolito comes out. We love your mean. We love home runs here. Tim Anderson comes out. We're the bad kids that don't listen when talking about Tony La Russa. So this, that incident really bonded this team together, I think, uh, at a time where this thing could have really been bad. And if you look at where they are now, sitting eight and a half games up on Cleveland, things are looking good despite the loss last night. But that, that was a big test for this team, and Yermin was right at the center of that. And we talked about the, the pie chart of, of not blame, but the, the problems and, and what went wrong with Yermin towards the end there. And we talk about, you know, it's not always one answer that's a simple uh, solution or root cause of this thing. You know, it's it's often many things that play into this. And we go back to the way that Tony La Russa handled the situation at the time as something that was suboptimal when you're talking about a young guy in baseball, uh, you know, dealing with success and failure for the first time in his professional career and how baseball is such a game about confidence and, and feeling yourself and, and being you. You hear that a lot in sports now, whether it's Matt Nagy or Joe Madden, one of the earlier proponents of that, like just be yourself, you know, and now guys be themselves and then you have your boss chastising you for it. And I, we were texting during the game and you think maybe that's uh, still has something to do uh, with, with this, a, big, a bigger piece of the pie maybe than people are, are giving it uh, credit for. I don't know about this necessarily, but his downward spiral, his his mental, and I know, and we said it at the time that he was trending down as any rookie would do, and the adjustments to him in the majors were being made at that time. But also, you could see the falling off the table that happened after that May seventeenth game that happened on um, to Yermi Mercedes. The confidence was gone to be publicly dressed down by your boss in any setting but especially in a game of failure of baseball is probably humiliating 
for anybody, a veteran. But this guy's a 10-year minor leaguer who just became a rookie. This is his second month. He came off being the AL Rookie of the Month. Did something good, what he thought was good. 3-0 count. And whatever you think about him missing a sign, go back and look at the video. There was enough time for him to miss a sign. <laughs> look at it. Go and look at it. I don't care what Tony says. There were that Yermin uh, and Tortuga, they were in a rhythm. Tortuga was getting the ball and he was throwing it. That was all that happened. So bump all that nonsense. He hit a ball hard, far, did something well. Everybody loved it. People were cheering about it. And then the story turned it to be Tony greenlighting punishment from the other team to their rookie phenomenon and telling that that guy did something wrong. Yeah. To say that that didn't affect him in the slightest is asinine. And people who are saying that are, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a reason why the people are saying it. Maybe they're bought. Maybe they got to say it because they're part of the team, whatever. But to say it had nothing to do with it is really wrong. I don't say it has everything to do with it. I think more it's the adjustments that people made to your mean. But to mess his mental up right there by dressing him down in public and for his teammates having to have to come and pick him up on Instagram and on all these things and on um, the Lance Lynn's comments, the Lucas Giolito comments, the Tim Anderson comments, because they know their manager was wrong to publicly dress him down. If he does this in private and we don't know about it, smooth. We just saw an example with the Cubs where Wilson Contreras is calling out teammates in public. And David Ross said his heart's in the right place, but his going to the media and Aaron Howard's grievances is the wrong thing to do. And this is the wrong thing to do here, too. You do not dress down your players in public and give the green light for that guy. Uh, I forgot Duffy to hit your player, to mete out punishment to your player and say, hey, they handled it. It's all good. That's garbage. So, yes. I think has something to do with it. It's in the mix of the whole thing of your mean struggling. And maybe some of this comes with his uh, stepping away now. So, you know, to say it has nothing to do with it. I, that's just you caping for Tony Russa. Yeah. Think, think about it for a second and whatever line of work you're in. And we, you know, we, we've certainly made mistakes in our line of work and in our boss, it lets us know when, when those things happen, usually it's done in a, in a private setting, almost every single time it's done in a private setting and you move on and everyone can, can be adults about it and, and, you know, make things better down the road. But just think about whatever line of work you're in. If you're publicly embarrassed uh, in front of all your coworkers, like think about if, if that happened. And when you, especially when you believe that you're trying your best and you're actually performing at a high level and everyone around you is winning. The company's doing well and you're contributing to a company that does well and all of a sudden your boss chastises you uh, and you're new. You just started at that job and, and, and you're just trying to, to stay afloat for the first time in your professional career, you know, and then you get dressed down in front of everyone in your office. Think about if that happens. But then think about it if it's broadcast on national television and you have talking heads like us and, and members of the talking heads that when they talk about it day in and day out for weeks and you, but then you know people did come out and support your mean for sure but you are all of a sudden 
uh, in a position where you feel like you did wrong when all you were doing is, is trying to play a kid's game and have fun and and make the best out of a out of a weird situation let's not forget that night herb at the ballpark and you mentioned uh, not enough time to ignore a, t- a take sign tony ran out in the field and he was screaming take 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 but uh we also you remember on that twins broadcast they mentioned people in minnesota were leaving for the exits until they saw uh, Astudio come in the ball game and they saw your mean Mercedes was up to hit all of a sudden those people walking up the aisles they stopped and turned around to see the spectacle to see the show to see two of the the great personalities uh in the ballpark that evening go go toe to toe because that game was pretty much over with and your mean does what your mean's gonna do he unloaded and and that's that and it's the ripple effect will be felt for for a long time with this ball club but just think about all, all the nuances in the situation and, and don't simply Simplify it by just saying, "Well, he disobeyed Tony's order, and that's that." No, it's it's not always that simple. And yes, your mean was not an ideal teammate. You heard the accounts of him being late uh, to games, and we remember the the benching, uh, the lineup scratching that that we had on that Sunday afternoon game. So you know, everyone is is at fault here a little bit. But try to remember these guys and remember the situation like your mean was in when you when you when you criticize things like that. And there there still could be uh, details that come from this that we're not privy to that that may make all this. Uh, a moot point and be like, Ooh, he, I don't know. Uh, I, I certainly don't know anything about that, but we'll, we'll see what unfolds here. But, um, just, you know, here's what Tony did say after the game. And, you know, let's see if you feel any differently about how uh, he addressed it after the game. Uh, there's some stuff in here that, that I think is interesting. And I want to hear your thoughts on after we play it here. I just heard about it. So I haven't had, haven't had a lot of time to think about it. Just kind of understand it. You know, you get you're in Triple A, and you've had a taste of the big leagues, and you can get emotional. And uh, but I don't know more than that. Uh, I probably will reach out to him, as you know, you probably know if you're paying attention. Several times he said how close we were. Uh, he knows I'm a supporter of this, so I'll reach out to him and see what's going on. It could be he's just a little frustrated. And, I'll try to explain to him he's got a big league future. Ever, ever dealt with a situation like this before of a, just a guy being frustrated like you're mean in AAA and, you know, needing kind of a, a reminder or, you know, encouragement? A whole bunch of times. I mean, you know, it's, you've been in the big leagues and you go to AAA, even as great a situation as in Charlotte. Uh, it's an adjustment. And you got to figure a way to tough it out. So, yeah, it's happened around a long time. It's happened more than two handfuls and you everyone's an individual situation so in every case you know you get involved and you talk because one of the things you always try to do is build a relationship so just like I have one with him so I reach out to him you know we're not privy. We don't we don't cover the team in a professional capacity where we're in the locker rooms. But then in this day and age, no one's really in the locker rooms yet, so no one really knows the the chemistry or behind the scenes stuff or the relationship that Tony and Yermin had. But Tony is selling it there as he was one of his uh, best supporters. Can he be one of his best supporters uh, with the things that he said and the actions that that. Uh, came from the words that 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 he said uh, early on during during that incident in Minnesota. I don't think those two things can necessarily be true unless you're trying to break someone down to build them up. But this is not uh, the Army or the Marines. This is Major League Baseball. You buying any of that uh, from Tony there? No, I mean, I'm sure that 
Tony feels in his heart of hearts he didn't do anything wrong with that situation. And, you know, Tony apologists also feel that way. But, yeah, I'm sure that Tony feels that, hey, I don't want the kid to retire also. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll probably reach out to him and make sure, hey, keep your head on straight, kid. Whatever. Don't don't be giving up. If you need to take off. Cool. We got it. And we were called people uh, and I remember called because I was very, very uh, hard on this guy. And Tommy LaStella, when he was demoted to AAA, instead he went to home and he didn't want to be demoted to AAA. And I was hard on him. I was like, what is he doing? You know, since then, I've grown. I've understood a little bit more about mental health and what what goes on with players and people like that. And so I'm a little bit more uh like empath- empathetic to these guys. And I make sure that I walk a mile in their shoes and say, okay, what would I do? What would I do in this situation? And we saw what happened with Tommy LaStella. He's gone on to have a great career for himself, highly coveted when he was a free agent, all those good things. So that could be a pathway for uh, your mean. Look at the Tommy LaStella situation. If you need to step away, the Cubs are very, very uh, nice and understand. Yeah, yeah, they're just looking away and they're like, okay, if that's what you need to do, cool. And let him do that. And he came back and he helped them win a championship. So those things need to be taken care of. They, If your mental is off, your, your physical is going to be off too. So if he needs to step away and if Tony can realize that, and it seems like in those comments, he does realize that something's off. He some frustration going on with the kid. So, yeah, send out a call. I'm not saying Tony's a bad guy 100%. Like, this is 100% his fault. But I say he has some culpability in this whole, you mean, going from where he is, where he was, and to where he is now. Uh, if it's 1%. Some smidgen of uh, responsibility, some culpability there, because the dressing down in public was out of pocket, in my view. I don't think Tony's a, a, a ghoul. I, I don't think he he wanted this to happen. I don't think he knew, uh, you know, what, what he could possibly be doing to to a young man, you know, without really knowing him that well. You know, there's no way he could have known uh, the how his comments would have would have had this ripple effect. And and who knows? Maybe Yermin does not feel at all that this was that this was part of it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll never know until he speaks out further. But I'm going to make a sneaky uh, prediction here. I think uh, Tony does call Yermin. And I think he's able to convince him uh, to come back and play baseball. Whether or not he sees the field in a White Sox uniform again, I'm highly doubtful, especially with the the events that have transpired the past few weeks. And now you have two guys coming back, uh, so there's even two less spots that that you would have had for him. And, and you know you've got the young guys like Berger and Sheets uh, emerging here. So I don't think he'll be on the White Sox again. That 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 not that would not have been my answer a month ago. I thought maybe he would have. I think we even talked about it. Like I think he w- would have seen the roster again, just because out of necessity and injuries. But I don't think that's the case anymore. But I, I, I do predict that maybe he does take time away, and Tony is able to convince him to come back to play baseball. It probably won't be with the White Sox organization because you have a lot of turnover there and a lot of guys getting promotions. Uh, Mike Rodolfo just got a bump up to Charlotte, so there's they're, they're, they they got to make room for for some of these kids. And you know, and you're talking about. 
these kids who they've got a lot invested in. Scouts have a lot of time and money invested in who want to play, and there there's guys that are that are dying to play. And if you have someone who just doesn't want to play anymore, like you know, I, I don't think that's a situation where they can just allow, uh, you know, they'll they'll give him time. But I just think that he'll catch on somewhere else before he catches on with the White Sox again. What do you what do you think? You think he's uh, back in baseball again? And if so, will it be uh, in the Sox organization? I'm gonna go both ways. Yes, he's back in baseball again, and he is back on this team, this 2021 Chicago White Sox team, when the rosters expand in 2000 and on September. Okay. I predict that. So, yeah, I think that he'll step away. This will be a two to three to four week story. I mean, it's not story, but step away, do whatever he needs to do, come back. And he's a just natural hitter, guys. You know, he went down to Charlotte, got his stuff together. And maybe when he comes back to the White Sox, like we said, he goes down to A or AAA, gets his hitting together. And then comes back and he's put in a better role where he's coming off the bench and giving you some clutch hits. Uh, not playing every day and getting exposed to being a, uh, you know, like a Lurie Garcia, where you get good glimpses of him when it's in small doses, but when you get too much, it's fall off the table time. I love that. I actually really love that idea that he comes back in September and hopefully the division's already sewn up at that time and he can come back and, and the fans can give him that warm embrace and he can contribute again to a winning team, maybe be even on the field, maybe even be catching uh, during that final ninth inning when they, when they have a clinching uh, game there. You know, how fun would that be? You know, like I, I think that would be good because he deserves to be a part of this mix, man, in, in terms of the success that they've had. They, they, I believe that they don't get here without what he did for them in the first month. So that would be appropriate. And I think that's a really cool way to look at it and a, and a cool thing to hope for. We'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders. It's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. They've got all the other sports too NBA Finals coming to a close, football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy it they have who will bill gates date next what about jeff bezos who will marry first bezos or gates you can place a bet on that before the next pitch head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts I was going to get to this Twins-Sox trade rumor, but we'll put that uh, on ice until tomorrow for the mailbag episode. Uh, that's all I got. One more time, LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Uh, any voicemails you have, we'll get to those tomorrow as well. The voicemail is, is Tumbleweeds going through the voicemail line at 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727 to get a hold of us so we can hear your beautiful voices on the show. And LockedOnSox at gmail.com. We're going to do Milwaukee travel tips, restaurants, bars, things to do at the game, uh, things to eat at the game, uh, your your favorite drinks at the game, all that stuff as we uh, look forward to this series with the Brewers. Socks are off today, so that's why we're doing a mailbag for tomorrow. So uh, that's- I cannot wait until people – we come back on Monday and we told people we got some um, uh, spotted cow. Ooh, movement, that's better. 
I usually got the Moon Man. Moon Man. You know what? I, I had you go to, up the New Glarus Breakery. Barry. New Glarus. I I thought of that last night, Herb. I, I didn't tweet it because I I didn't want uh the 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 hell up in my mentions. But when they showed the Deer Park celebration uh for the Milwaukee Bucks and you saw the just the the mass of humanity, I was going to tweet. I guarantee you, there's one asshole in there who says Moon Man is better than Spotted Cow. But I I did not want to deal with the backlash that people would give me on twitter because there's always a person out there you know and, and you could like what you like out there folks i really don't care either way but there's always the one guy mm, actually i believe that the thing that's not as popular is better because i am a contrarian by by nature and truth be told i, I pretty much like everything i've had from new glarus new glarus is a brewery in wisconsin for for you out-of-staters that don't know what we're talking about you literally can't buy it in illinois because they are privately owned so you you have to go to wisconsin to get it uh but relax folks uh the new glarus brewery is pretty far away but it's gorgeous wife and i went up there on the way back from uh the dells a few years ago or was it lake geneva i don't remember where we we're coming back from but we went to the brewery and it's really nice it's like you could even take a, a date there and your, your date would appreciate it but you can't get the beer in illinois but you can always go up to uh, woodman's it's right there on the border uh, in kenosha and you can get yourself a, a case of whatever new glarus you'd like uh, enough free advertising for them uh but uh, it is funny like you know spotted cow is their most popular beer it is delicious but there's always people that say the the off brand uh, the the off varieties are better than the, the signature uh variety there so uh yeah that that's all i got i'll be enjoying some uh some spotted cow this weekend i'm sure and uh that's all i got fill up that mailbag would you because off day content man and we need it we could use it that is chris Tannehill at chris Tannehill. me herb lawrence ecknerwall 23 shows at locked on socks for chris i'm herb thank you for listening to locked on socks